Super Talk Mississippi media production. He's the former president and publisher of the Sun-Herald, and now he's on the radio. Welcome to Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to Coast View. We're having a terrific conversation with Clay Williams, the executive director for the Gulfport Biloxi International Airport Authority. We had a kind of an interesting conversation about how he he went to state ultimately went to work for Trent Lott, but we haven't talked about where Harvard fit, fit in. So let's talk about that. When did, when did you go to Harvard to get your master's? I had been in Washington, D.C. for two years. As I, I was mentioning, we had worked on a variety of special projects, and, and two areas that were assigned to me were both uh, transportation uh, policy and education policy. And, and for education, I was tasked with trying to help our universities grow their research and development budgets. Transportation, I was tasked with trying to help improve infrastructure throughout Mississippi, whether it be at airports, whether it be r- uh, road and bridge infrastructure. And so uh, Harvard had a, a degree program, administration, planning, and, and policy. And you could do half of your coursework at the Kennedy School of Government, half of your coursework uh, at the School of Education, where you could sort of tie in a policy degree and also had the option of potentially going into higher education at one point in time. So we looked at both of those and applied to various schools. Was frankly shocked that I got in. I, I figured that, you know, they needed a few Southerners in the program, so therefore they, they allowed me to, to come aboard. I, it was really an interesting program, though. We had students in the program from 46 states in uh, nine different countries. And so having that uh, kind of was a, was a really... Uh, unique experience for me, one that that I enjoyed having been from South Mississippi, having worked uh, for conservative members of Congress with both Senator Lott and also my my time I spent on the uh, House of Representatives side with Representative Chip Pickering. You look at at that and then you go to Harvard. A little bit different uh, mindset, a little bit different approach, but but it's good to get the perspective. All all in all, a good good experience. I enjoyed it. But you learned how to disagree and still respect each other, didn't you? Absolutely. I mean, they're, they're always going to be differing points of view. And uh, the, the key is to be able to, to come about uh, some sort of compromise. I mean, you, you, you see today there's there's this divisiveness and, and oftentimes a bitterness. From, from the time that I had an opportunity to work in Washington, the time I was there in graduate school, it was just a little more sense of, not a little actually, a great deal of camaraderie and, mm. and compromise. I know in, in, in working for Senator Lott, working for Congressman Pickering, they reached across the aisle. They worked very well together. While they were both staunch conservatives, they still were able to get things accomplished. And, and we, we, as 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 team members are there, staff members were taught, if you can get 55 or 60 percent of a deal, take it. Yeah. You know, you're not, don't expect to get everything. <laughs> and, so. you know, hey, I mean, uh, Trent Lott wrote his book, Herding Cats, about That's that. It. I mean, it's, right. it's about, you know, uh, uh, you know, finding the bipartisan solution. That's the only way you can get anything done. That's it. You know, unfortunately, we're not able to find that. Hopefully, Hopefully and it does assume the coronavirus is now enabling us to, to do that That's in right. some way. But you were in a really, you know, when you think about your degree and the mm-hmm. infrastructure work you're done in Mississippi and learning from the ground up. When Hurricane Katrina hit and you were in that position as a young 30-year-old, but by then you were, you know, you were pretty seasoned as, as it relates to, you know, the Washington measurement. Um, 
You learned a lot about a life and how to help a community and the role of government and how it all fits together after Katrina, didn't you? Well, being in the position that we had, you had the ability to help cut through tape. You had the ability to help um, expedite process. And so really, we were fortunate at that time. You think about Hurricane Katrina when you had uh, Governor Haley Barber in, in, in his leadership role. You had Senator Thad Cochran. Uh, in his his appropriations position, you had Senator Lott in a leadership role, being able to to utilize uh, as staff members their positions to help expedite and serve people uh, and do it in a more rapid fashion was really fulfilling. It was a challenging time, Ricky, as you well know, but it was one that that this area is resilient. Uh, they. This area had a plan, and we saw ourselves through it, and uh, really was just pleased to be able to play a really small part in that. Well, some of the conversations we've been having, it's it's important for people to realize that those muscles that we developed during those times, whether it be Katrina or the BP oil spill or other disasters that we've had to face, are going to be very useful to us in the coronavirus scenario because we've we've seen what. A, a, a temporary deficit might look like, Absolutely. and we've seen ourselves through it. In other communities like inland, they may not have faced they might have faced downturns in the economy, right. but they've never faced these sudden jars to the economy right. that cause you to have to marshal all resources and find bipartisan uh, solutions. And and hopefully, not only can our community come together because we've sort of b- built those muscles to do that, but the, the nation can come together and uh, and utilize that as well so that we can. You know, all together, you know, find ourselves on the other side of this. Absolutely. You saw a lot of people really focused on helping us get through that Katrina situation, though, didn't you? Yes. Yeah. If you you think about the help that we received after Katrina, go go back even farther than that. Look at Mm 9-11. Oh, for sure. And you think about what occurred during 9-11. Happened to be living in Washington at the time. But what what got people through that? Because it was an uncertain time. There was a lot of fear. There was a lot of anxiety. But patience. Mm -hmm. People being patient with one another. People being kind with one another. People trying to help their neighbor. Same thing occurred with Katrina, the worst natural disaster in our nation's history, and there was this outpouring of support. I was amazed time and time again of the groups that not only came here one time, but they came here time and time, at time after time, to try to help. And, they, and we were people that they didn't know, but yet they were they were extending an arm. And so, if you look at that, now you look at uh, the coronavirus again. I think we're going to have to be patient. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's there's going to be a recovery for for many sectors of the economy. Mm-hmm. But again, it's just taking time, following the guidance, and trying to to make it uh, a more rapid recovery. I think 9/11 actually is a really good example. Uh, because you know you, this is a situation where America was facing the aftermath of that, the uncertain aftermath of that together. And you know when we think about the markets and we think about the economy and we just think about anyone's life, you think fear, uncertainty, and doubt That's right. are the things that really affect all of us. That's right. Um, and so the opportunity to to really focus on reducing. The fear, uncertainty, and doubt. That's going to be our, our role. And it comes in a bunch of different forms, doesn't it? It is. It's, there's, there's some sacrifices that people will have to make. And, and, and you, you see people being encouraged to limit uh, groups of no more than 10 and to try to take some additional steps. But again, it's back to just being patient mm-hmm. and trying to work through it and, and, and following 
uh, guidance and doing what we can uh, as individuals to, to and we'll, and we'll get on the other side of it yeah so let's talk about okay who is your board tell me about your board we have a great board at the uh, Gulfport Biloxi uh, Airport Authority so if, if you think about how we're a set up we're a political subdivision of the state of Mississippi we have a three-member Airport Authority Commission we have one appointee from the city of Biloxi that's Lieutenant General Clark Griffith uh, General Griffith uh, has a, has a long history in, in leading military installations around this country. He's, he's a former aviator. You've got uh, the appointee from the city of Gulfport, which is Brigadier General Joe Spragans. Joe Spragans has a, a distinguished uh, history, uh, military history, and his career has been well noted. You, you know it uh, very well, Ricky. I mean, he was the emergency management director uh, during Hurricane Katrina, started the job, I believe, on August the 29th. He was the base commander at um, at the uh, CRTC, which is located there at the airport. And then the Harrison County appointee is Dave Dennis. And Dave is a, a, a tremendous businessman and, and, and been a very um, staunch supporter of all organizations and entities in South Mississippi. He's kind of dedicated his life to, to service and, and, uh, and, and has been very successful in business. So I, we're really blessed and fortunate at the airport to have leadership from these three gentlemen. If you think about this, hey, you know, military leadership, business leadership, those that have been involved in civic organizations, not only are they giving their time at the airport authority, and, and it, but they've also done it time and time again with various organizations across South Mississippi. It's really kind of the dream team, really. They're great. I mean, yes. they really are, and they're very supportive of, of the team at the airport. They appreciate what they do. As I mentioned, if you look at uh, General Spragans and General Griffith been involved in aviation. Uh, so, again, a great, great Group with with all three that's that's incredible so what is a day in the life of clay when you don't have the downturn you're dealing with with coronavirus what's the day in the life of clay look like Every, no two days are the same uh, <laughs> and that's what makes uh, working at an airport uh, incredibly interesting and and challenging uh, and and what's what's really good is you you get to, to deal with all Tenants, as I mentioned, you, you, you're, you're working with federal agencies, you're working with, with restaurants, with retail concessionaires, airlines, rental car companies. So the, the um, diversity and, and, and depth of the work is, is uh, always fascinating. I bet, I bet it is. So we're, we're coming to the end of this segment. This is uh, Clay Williams, who's the executive director for the Gulfport Biloxi uh, International Airport. Uh, authority, and we'll come back after this break and talk a little bit more about the, you know, the the average day in the life of the authority and what's going on and what's the future look like without coronavirus involved. What are some of the things you've been working on, and what are you most proud of? Okay. Uh, we know what the challenge is, but it will be temporary, and we'll get on the other side. But what are you most proud of? We'll come back after this break and talk more about that. Again, this is uh, Clay Williams. See you after the break. Also, listen live to Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1 on your Amazon Alexa devices. Once you've enabled the skill, just say, Alexa, open Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast. A Super Talk Mississippi media production. 